Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bar, Studio A, and the A stands for accurate? Mm. Question mark on the end of that if you couldn't hear it. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. And uh, I guess there's two A's in back-to-back. Ah, uh, yes. So that, can, uh, that can stand for today as well. Shout out Nicole Jokic, back-to-back MVP. Haters weep. Uh, anyways. I mean, and to, to tie it back to the Broncos, it is wild that with the storied franchise of the Broncos, they've never had not only a back-to-back MVP, they've never had a two-time MVP. Now Nikola Jokic does that. And in fact, he himself is only one MVP behind the Denver Broncos. Yes, uh, and Nikola Jokic is now the one and only two-time MVP in Denver sports history. Mm-hmm. Pretty, and, and you think of just the rich history. Broncos themselves just have such a rich history. And then you think of the Rockies. Okay, maybe not that rich of a history. They've had some good players, though. But then you think of the Avs. And that those two te- those two franchises, the Avs and the Broncos, uh, are the two most successful franchises in Denver history. And Jokic is now the most successful in terms of MVP's player. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you say it's unusual for the Broncos to not have two-time MVP. There are literally only nine players in NFL history who have multiple MVPs. And I didn't one say, of them I played for the Broncos. But I, I didn't say it was rare. Yeah, the it, but, didn't but for have a team, no, but you said for a team with their history. Well, there are a lot of teams that have the history of the Broncos that don't have a two-time no, MVP. I, well, I, wasn't I don't saying think it's it to, a big deal. I wasn't saying it to downplay the Broncos. I yeah. was saying how impressive it is for Jokic. I agree, I, I, was I agree. And I would say the Broncos are you know, one of the easily the top 10 franchise in NFL history, so it wouldn't be surprising if they did have one. Right, right. Mm. And, and, of course, Peyton did play for, uh, play for the Broncos, and he has not one, not two, not three, not four, five. That's actually crazy. <laughs> it really is. And I have always said Nicole Jokic and Peyton Manning are the closest 
the closest thing to Nikola Jokic is Peyton Manning and vice versa, in my opinion, of the, mm. all the athletes I've ever watched. Because of how they throw the ball? <laughs> because Just because of how they beat you with their brain. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, physically talented, yes. But the most physically talented out there, no. No, neither of them. No. Um, all right. I could do that all day, like but we comparison. don't have to. Um, so let's change up a little bit. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, who is about to deliver me a large duffel bag of money for <laughs> my Nikola Jokic MVP bets. Uh, not, it's not their fault because, you know, everyone had Nikola Jokic like outside of the top five in terms of favorites to win the MVP this year. But yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to blame them for that, but I will thank them for that, for following suit with everyone else and allowing me to make a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> I think a lot of people at DNVR are bringing home the uh, suitcases. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy weekend here. <laughs> Everyone's going to be cashing in the bag, uh, and the abs are rolling. Yep, exactly. So, uh, anyways, DraftKings Sportsbook presenting sponsor of the show. We appreciate them very much. You can still bet five dollars on any NBA money line and get one hundred and fifty just for playing along. You don't even have to win. So check that out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. Um, George Payton had some interesting comments to pro football talk that really caught your eye, May. So I'll allow you to kind of tee this one up. Um, what exactly was the comment and why was that um, intriguing to you? Well, he was talking about how teams that win, the common trait is a great quarterback. So obviously this is why you bring in Russell Wilson, said, hey, you need good players around him, blah, blah, blah. And he said he'd only experienced what he's experiencing right now once before and it was with Brett Favre in Minnesota. There was a brief moment, of course, two seasons, one of which was great, one of which was Favre hitting the post-age 40 wall that, uh, that Favre was in Minnesota. And as Peyton said, quote, there's something different. I experienced that for one year, two years, actually, when we got Favre in Minnesota. I remember that first practice. Really, you knew it. It elevated everyone, and it didn't just elevate the players. It elevated the people in the building, the work ethic, the accountability. We feel that here with Russ, unquote. First of all, feeling it after the first practice like you know so he know like if he knew he knew that with Favre he's taking that with Russell Wilson right now second of all Favre did have one of his best seasons arguably his best statistical season in Minnesota in 09 33 touchdowns seven picks that's the kind of season you'd be very happy with Russell Wilson having third on a Minnesota level what does that say about Kirk Cousins fourth well, we already know fourth is that to me, and this is maybe not – this is, to me, what kind of jumps out here. The, one, the only concern I had about George Payton was, is Denver going to be Minnesota 2.0? The fact that he kind of understood the impact of a great quarterback when he the briefly when he had it, knowing that they came close – that was the closest Minnesota came to a Super Bowl, is that that means that he understood that you couldn't replicate the Viking way coming out here. We talk a lot about what Peyton did in Minnesota. I think you can learn some things about about draft habits from his time with Rick Spielman. But clearly he came to Denver thinking, all right, we can't do a carbon copy. Otherwise, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be like the Vikings. And so, he, and so I think this also tells me that the idea of getting a great quarterback somehow, some way, he probably had this in mind a lot longer than people realize. And, he, I, and he's smart. And, yeah. and, and the one biggest difference between the two – is Favre was 40 years old when he joined the Minnesota yep. Vikings. That's you right. have seven years uh, of rust before he gets to that point, and that 
is probably the best news of this all. Yeah, I mean, to me, George Payton got two in vitally important data points when he was in Minnesota. One, what's almost good enough, which was Brett Favre, mm -hmm. and one, what is not good enough in Kirk Cousins. And I think it's such, it, it seems obvious, right? But a lot of teams, I don't think, view it as that obvious. And the fact that George Payton got to see it up close and personal and see it firsthand, he knows, we worried, was he a, a Kirk Cousins guy? Was he, you know, banging the table? And maybe he was, but we now know he learned the most important lesson, which was Kirk Cousins, very good, at least capable of very good, not good enough. And the fact that George Payton learned that is so, so important. And it's why we're sitting here today talking about the Denver Broncos as a Super Bowl contender. And we had reason to fear that maybe George Payton viewed Kirk Cousins as the right route to go because last year, and I think we can dismiss these comments now, but last year, George Payton said it. That it's, you know, you can get quarterbacks in multiple different ways. It's not necessarily, uh, it, you, you don't have to do everything in order to get them when there's a good cornerback on the board. He told that to Peter King when talking about why the Broncos went Pat Sertan over going uh, uh, going Mac Jones or uh, Justin Fields. And that scared the hell out of us. And now we can push those aside and say, George just didn't want to bash Justin Fields, Mac Jones publicly. We can respect that. And now you know what? We don't have to talk about the quarterback position in a what are they going to do type of way for potentially no, never again in George Payton's era. Yeah, it's really interesting, and, and it's so relieving. But the, I, the relief came when we got Russell Wilson. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, the, yeah. the relief was, was – or the, the worry was – Oh, gosh, what if Kirk Cousins becomes available? Does he love Kirk Cousins? I mean, he loved Teddy Bridgewater after having him in Minnesota and, you know, saw him as what he thought he could be. Right. Um, but all of that goes away now. You don't have to worry about Kirk Cousins. You don't have to worry about Teddy Bridgewater. And I think these comments put a cherry on top of it all, which is he saw it. He saw what's good enough and what's not good enough and knew, knew you got to do better than Kirk Cousins. And that's not easy. I mean, there's, you know, how many quarterbacks are better than Kirk Cousins in the NFL? Maybe 13. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably 13. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> if you go, if you go statistically, probably not even that yep, many. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like, if you, if you have some Kirk Cousins, uh, uh, what's perceived as slander on your timeline, you're going to get Viking fans kind of coming back and saying, well, he's got this, 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 and this. This is where quarterback wins as a stat, though. And comes into it. <laughs> and George Payton. No, it's all also where things like, you know, like for, you know, for how, how they are like fourth quarter when they're behind that sort of thing. For sure. Behind one score, comeback, you know, you know, comebacks perform, you know, perform performance in specific situations is where you don't have to go into QB wins. You can kind of look at, at specific high leverage situations and say, okay, Kirk Cousins probably isn't that great. He's not bad. I mean, he had, he had a, he had a moment last year, for example, where he had a late game drive out dueled Aaron Rodgers effectively, but he's not transcendent. And that's it. And the other thing is, if it's too bad that this wasn't a lesson that John Elway and company had in the wake of Super Bowl Fifty. See, they got the wrong idea. Well, they, they only had one data point at that yeah, point. They which got was Peyton Manning right, good. Peyton Manning good, but then <laughs> winning the Super Bowl with a great defense and Peyton not being that great. Yes. And then that was the wrong data. The point. famous, the, the famous quote that was captured by the hot mic after Super Bowl Fifty by NFL Films that hey, there are plenty of ways to win the Super Bowl, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they tr- the thing is, they didn't realize that the way they did it was the outlier. Right. right. There, the, and there are, but, there are plenty of ways yeah. to win the Super Bowl. There's, there's one way to be extremely more consistent in pursuing mm-hmm. it, though, and mm-hmm. that's by having the quarterback. Speaking of um, outliers, George Payton also able to sift through the outlier that was Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. The Broncos, not. Yeah. Uh, not able to sift through <laughs> yeah. the fact. But real quick on quarterback wins, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I think quarterbacks are the, have the largest impact on winning and losing of any position in any sport. So I think you can't di- dismiss it. I also think it can provide outliers if you don't take in all the information. But George Payton leaning all the way in to quarterback wins in these comments saying, uh, you look at all the teams that have won, what's the common trait? The quarterback. And if you look at Russ's record over the first 10 years, he's won more games than any quarterback, I believe, in history. It's a pretty good record of winning. winning. So he's set, he's talking about quarterback wins right then and there. I mean, he's... And he, to be fair, Russ, a lot of those wins were on the back of a great defense. Yeah, it's and it shifted about midway through his yep. career, right? You, yep. you can say mm-hmm. that uh, this, the defense carried them to his, to his only Super Bowl win. That's fair. He was still the quarterback of those teams, and now he's really put a terrible Seahawks team on his back and has still made it to the playoffs nearly every single year. He was still very good when they were, when they had that great defense. And, sure. that, and that was but why, was and that was why they went to back-to-back Super Bowls because they had a great defense. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson was playing very good on the other side. If, and cost if, control. Yeah. If Russ would drink, if Russ had been pedestrian, then they wouldn't have won either of those. Yeah. Right. They yeah. wouldn't sure. even, they wouldn't even got there. They, they probably, if Russ had been middling, they probably wouldn't. It probably would have been San Francisco going to a second consecutive Super Bowl in 2013, which had a very good defense and had a, at the time a very good quarterback in Colin Kaepernick. Yep, and I think that Pete Carroll got the wrong information from those seasons, which was don't lean too hard on your quarterback. You lean on the defense mm-hmm. and the running game, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. ground and pound. We also never have to worry about. Not that we were ever worried about it. The Broncos are going to pay Russell Wilson whatever he wants because George knows you don't win by putting really good pieces around. And in that quote, he admitted, yeah, the Seahawks had good players around Russ. We're going to have to put good players around him. But he's not going through, okay, we need this, this, and this. No, no, no. He's saying we need a quarterback, and then we build from there. Speaking of Russ, so they went to Disney World? Mm. Disneyland? Disneyland or Disney World for Mother's Day yesterday? Yep. Can someone explain to me why they all wore Yankees gear? I was just going to say, and they were wearing Yankees gear. <laughs> why? I thought they were going to the Yankees game, and I was like, all right, that's fine. Me too. Now I'm offended. Yeah. Maybe. To fit in uh, with the crowd there? Probably it, a lot of Yankees no. gear there? Florida or California, I got to know. Well, I think it, 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 it... I don't think they're held by the Rockies. No, I thought someone else got them at some point. Either way. I understand, like, if you one person in the family was wearing Yankees gear, whatever. Right, right. Why did they yeah, all... He, yeah, the Yankees technically have his rights. Why did so. they all coordinate Yankees outfits for Disney World? Well, to, to fit in, I think. How, it's got to be. You've, at Disneyland and Disney World, you have the fam- you've seen, like, the families and, and groups of friends that walk around wearing the same T-shirts, right? Yeah. Okay, but usually they're, like custom made for disney like right. hey it's you know the smith's Smith, go to disney. smith family it's disney trip 2022 smith. or whatever but maybe and this is just me kind of spitballing it from a parent's perspective maybe the thought was if one younger member of the pack gets separated that 
everybody is wearing the same team gear. So it's okay. Well, just in case we're all wearing Yankee gear. Huh. Why weren't they all wearing the same Broncos Yankee gear? gear then? Well, or Broncos gear? Yeah, maybe, maybe they want to be recognizable. Uh, maybe they want to be that obvious. Sierra. Yeah, yeah, does not matter what they wear. <laughs> yeah, they and they, maybe they want to be obvious. So like that, and that was. I mean, if they if Russell Wilson had worn Bronco gear, that would have. I mean, I th- they 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 would have had no chance of blending in. Yankee gear gives you a chance of blending in. If people see Russell Wilson <laughs> no wearing a Bronco chance. shirt, it's over. There's no way they blend in, no matter what. Unless he's wearing Broncos gear to kind of throw people off. Because people see him and they're like, that looks like Russell Wilson. Nah, he's wearing a Russ jersey. He should wear there's, his own jersey. There's no yeah, way there's no he way. would be wearing his own jersey. <laughs> Got to be like a lookalike <laughs> right. who came to Disney World <laughs> exactly. to collect tips. Um, he probably could have done that. I just need to know. I, I Speaking of the Yankees, I saw a funny interaction that I cannot relate to at all. Um, I was on the train at DIA. And there was a guy wearing a Yankee hat. And this guy with like a heavy New York accent is like, you actually a Yankee fan? The guy's like, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. It's like, that would never, <clears throat> I could never see someone in a Rockies right. hat. No. And my first thought never. be, are you actually a Rockies fan? <laughs> right, like, right. <coughs> and then have them say no. Right, exactly. If they're wearing Rockies gear, it is yes. Right. No one wears Rockies gear unless they actually like the Rockies, except for Cristiano Ronaldo, because it's also his initials. Oh, I, I love that. I also love that. Uh, I, man, if I was a true New York Yankees fan, I would certainly be asking people. Well, and, and it it's, goes back to our draft with Eric, right? It's like the one of the most iconic, right. if not the most iconic logo. People just like the logo. It's like right. a fashion symbol at this point. <laughs> yeah. I just I would have been fine with one yankee thing in the family the whole uh decked out yankee outfit i didn't like it especially when he embraces the rockies yep, yep. so much i mean when he was traded here he almost embraced the rockies as much if not more than he was embracing the broncos so you would think that he'd be wearing that i guarantee you that Rockies social media can point to data points that say the most successful thing for their social media this offseason was the Broncos getting yep. rust. Yep, no question about it. I completely, <laughs> completely agree. And I want to talk about Brett Favre specifically and Russell Wilson because I got some numbers to throw your way and I want to know your take but first got to tell you about the bar here got playoffs abs playoffs and man it is a great time to be an abs fan and uh, up 3-0 feeling pretty good let's just let's close them out tonight yeah tonight close out game Bring your brooms uh, if you mm. want. That's because you know how I feel about jinxes. Yep. Um, I don't think that's a jinx. It's just being prepared in oh, case. I like that. I like that. You know, because like you don't have time to go. Like if you're going to the stadium, you're you bring a broom. Uh, you don't have time to like go get one. It's just preparation. I like that. I like so bring your brooms to the bar. You can help clean up after as well. Exactly. That, that would be nice. But the bar is gonna be packed and popping, and this may be the last game. For a, a while, because the Avs are taking care of business right now. Every other series uh, is at least two, or I guess would be 2-1. Every other series right. is 2-1. Right. Unless there's a series that's played four, but I don't think so. And so it could be a while. A so you don't want to miss yeah, this. Yeah, a bunch of them played four. Like, oh, really? Everyone yesterday was on game four. They were. Oh, okay. So you've got... Oh, right, you're right. 2-2 two, 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 wild blues. Uh, is everything else... Yeah, light, lightning I don't even Leafs think anything is 2-2. Oilers, uh, Kings is 2-2. Two, two. Okay, so and, they're uh, one ahead of us. So everything yesterday. Yeah, because right. the Rock, the, or the not the Rockies, the Avs played on the uh, on the second on the second day. I'm pretty sure everything is two two right now. How that, about that? Is that four games, except and everything else is two one yeah. except for that. Hurricanes, Bruins. So everything that took place yesterday is two two. 
Yeah. It could be a while. Yeah. And there's nothing, and and they're the only three nothing series going tonight, right? Yep. yep. Exactly. So yeah, they're the only ones that can clinch. So come hang out yeah. at the bar tonight. You can be a little hungover for work tomorrow because you're not going to be hungover the rest of the week because this is uh, going to be the last game for a while. The bar is going to be packed. And if you want all of our coverage, Avs coverage. Nuggets coverage with Nikola Jokic. Go to thednvr.com where we've also got great Broncos coverage. Subscribe. When you become a member, you can get any of our shirts for free when you sign up for that annual membership. You can also leave your comments here. So go to thednvr.com and come to the DNVR bar. When you come down, got to have some Breck brews. In mm-hmm. fact, got to have some Breck seltzers. To me, it's the perfect game day drink um, because you can. they're refreshing. They're cold. You get a bucket of them if you're doing it right. And so they stay cold. And you can drink like several of them without, you know, get going over the top for a Monday night. Mm-hmm. So come down, uh, get some seltzers or, you know, just do it big. Get yourself a 22-ounce member beer uh, and just drink it slower. Uh, but no matter what, when you come down here, you got to try some Breck Brews. They're the absolute best. Shout out Breck Brew. And Avalanche Ale tonight. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Also check out the American Raptors. You're... Colorado rugby team is rebranded again, but this rebrand is here to stay. The American Raptors are composed of crossover athletes who finished their first season last year at 5-5. Five five. They're the newest rugby team at Rugby Town USA in Glendale, and they're comprised of athletes who've competed at the highest level of their respective sports. They've come from wrestling, soccer, track, football, baseball, basketball, and now trying their game at rugby. And if you want to watch the American Raptors, you can watch their matches for free. That's right, free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And if you can't make the game in person, you can go on over to AmericanRaptors.com and watch the live streams on their website. And if you can't watch in person or live, no problem. Our guy Colton Strickle has it all covered for you. He's got his DNVR Rugby podcast. You can learn all about rugby, the ins and outs of everything rugby, the ins and outs of the American Raptors with that DNVR Rugby podcast. Learn about the rules with his Rugby 101 podcast. And, of course, he can provide betting advice on Super Rugby and other rugby competitions around the world. So check all that out at DMVR Rugby and check out the American Raptors at AmericanRaptors.com. All right, guys. So a little Brett Favre comparison. It obviously, George Payton in these, <clears throat> those comments wasn't saying he's going to play just like Brett Favre. And honestly, when I heard, you know, a vague comparison of Brett Favre, this is probably going to make Mace roll his eyes, I thought, no, no, let's not have a Brett Favre comparison. I don't know. They're both deep ball throwers. Both deep ball throwers, but, and I just think Brett Favre overrated, uh, just like most Packers quarterbacks <laughs> that, that I think about. But I just, Bart I Starr mean, went to Alabama. You think he's overrated? Uh, okay, if we go back that far, I, I think I think right. that I think that's fine. Uh, but so I, I kind of think, oh no, I don't really like that comparison. But when you look at 2009, Brett Favre, like May said earlier, arguably his best season of his career, his first year with the Vikings, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, seven interceptions. The year before, Brett Favre led the league in interceptions with 22. That year when he had seven. It was the, the the smallest interception percentage in the NFL, which is just crazy to go from the most to the least. It's insane. So he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 4,200 yards, 68% completion, 107.2 passer rating, 74.4 QBR. I mean, legit. He went off. He mm-hmm. went off. So I compute those to today's numbers in, in 17 games, about 4,500 yards. 35 touchdowns, 
eight interceptions, 107 pass rating, 74.4 QBR. My question for you guys is if that is Russell Wilson's best career or, or best season for in his Broncos career, would you sign up for that right now? 100%. Mm, Mace? Easily. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. Wait. So I know what you're going to say, which is that you just expect more and you think he's capable of more. Yeah. My counter to that would be that is still elite, elite quarterback play. Especially and for so him that, coming in his first year here. No, 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 no. Learning, no. learning. That, learning no, the that's new not what I said, though. Scheme, learning that, new receivers. That's any time in his career in Denver. That's the best season he has in Denver. I'd have to know what yeah. the range is because, like, if he just does that or close to that every year, sign me up. Yeah. Um, if he does that, you know, one year peak and then drops off a bunch, then I wouldn't take it. But I guess my point is that is MVP candidate style play. Uh, and if you get that, you take it. And honestly, if that's the best season, I'm, I'm more interested in like what the broad range is. Yeah. If he's going up and down like this, I don't want that. If that's his best season, but the rest of his years are kind of a half tick below basically what he's been doing, I'll sign up for that at easily, 100%. Russ has pretty much done this already twice, guys. Uh, back in 2015, he had 34 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 101 or 110 passer rating. So we're talking about just that 4,000 4, yards. And again, we'll, we'll put that up to, you know, about two, 250 more, so 2,500 yards. So pretty much that exact season. Uh, then two years later, he had 34 touchdowns, which led the league, 11 interceptions, so a few more interceptions. And then just three years ago in 2019, he had 31 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,100 yards. Uh, and so for me, we've seen this from Russ about three different times, maybe two exact times before. I expect what about that completion percentage? 68, almost 69%? 68. Russ in his career averages 65%. The Two years ago, he had 68.8%. Three years ago, 66%. Uh, and then in that 2015 season, he had 68.1%. So that would be in his top tier. Yeah. It, and 4,500 yards would be in his top tier, right? It would. But what have we talked about, Russ? He hasn't been unleashed. For sure. I, I, I fully expect Russ, maybe not this year, but I expect him to hit a new level. Isn't that kind of what we've been talking about? And, and, and at least the optimistic Russ, how he's been viewing this. He's saying he hasn't hit his... And, and I believe that for so many reasons. I, I believe that. So I wouldn't be disappointed if 35 touchdowns and eight interceptions is the best season that Russ has in the next 10 years. But I do expect more. Not, not hitting 40 touchdowns once? I guess that, so, that part would be disappointing. So where I'm coming from here is a lot more about the yards and completion percentage than it is the touchdowns. And I'm, I'm 100% on board with the interceptions. Um, I'm right. assuming that if, if Russell Wilson this year were to throw for 4,500 yards on 68%, I'm thinking the Broncos win at least 13 games. Um, and the reason I'm assuming that he throws for only 33 touchdowns is because Melvin Gordon and Javante were just eating inside the red zone. How or many interceptions, though? Because I think... If you're unleashing Russ, I think you're also and telling him, okay, your strength is a deep ball. You're going to throw deep more. You're also going to expose him to, I think, a higher interception rate. Well, we're saying eight interceptions, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah, I think I think you'll probably end up with more than that. But if I'm saying him. Right. in this yeah. scenario where we're talking yeah. about the stat line. So I'm far more concerned with 4,500 yards on 68, 68% completions. It means the Broncos were moving the ball at will. I'm not. I'm not too worried about the completion percentage because we know Russ is – 
65 or 68. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. And and the yards, Ryan, I like where you're coming from, where your mind's at, and that can certainly be a scenario. But you could also paint the scenario that Russ isn't throwing for a crazy amount of touchdowns, but a ton of yards because the Broncos are down or tied and, and he's getting, you know, uh, hundreds of yards of garbage time in, in a season as well. I would rather have 40 touchdowns and 3,800 yards. Sure, sure, for sure. Um, I think we'll probably get the best of both worlds uh, at some point, maybe not this year. Um, but at some point, I think you're going to have a 40 touchdown, 4,000 yard season from oh, Russ without a doubt. Um, with around 10 interceptions. I, th- I think so too. Uh, now, I- if I ask myself the question of would I take that season this year? Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. It's not even close because Mace, like, like you were saying with this year, that would be just incredible. And if he does that, then what are we talking about for him next year? What step is he taking in two years, in three years? Then we're probably going into next year saying 35 touchdowns is the floor for where he needs to be at because of what he was able to do that first year, and especially with this history in Denver where we would be saying, look what Peyton Manning did in 2012, his first year with the Broncos. He was damn good. Then look what he did in 2013, and I don't think we'd be holding him to Peyton Manning standards in 2013 because that was the best season ever by a quarterback we'd be saying there's still room for improvement yeah yeah I mean it's that's what's so exciting uh, we've been seeing what 20 touchdown seasons from the quarterbacks oh that's a lot not even for here yeah uh, <laughs> I mean like, I mean when when Drew uh, had his 2020 season I mean it was what 16 touchdowns 15 picks yep yeah I mean, god so this I legitimately past, by the way see- here's like the last five years the Broncos as a team and so that so that even includes Emmanuel Sanders right yeah, average nineteen touchdown passes per season, and Russell Wilson has averaged thirty three. There you go. I mean, we have been so deprived. I don't even know if we are like fully aware of how deprived we've been. That's the number because you're literally saying that Russ is almost twice as good as what you've had. Yep. And and so, I think it's fa- like someone in uh, in the comments very early said something along the lines of like, "How many wins is Russ worth? If he's worth twice as many passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. you know." <laughs> Why not twice as many wins? Mm-hmm. And yeah. in th- in theory, do you, he I don't expect he's going to take much away from the running game. I mean, I think Melvin Gordon might get to ten touchdowns, and it might look like five receiving, five rushing. For sure, yeah. I think there's a. I mean, I think there's so much that yeah. gets opened up now. I um, mean, I think Melvin Gordon will look even better. In the red zone. Remember, when the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon, it was the Broncos are getting the best red zone running back in the NFL. I think at the time it was maybe behind only Zeke. Yeah, and it Um, was the complete red zone back. Not just a guy who could find holes between the tackles, but a guy who was effective in space catching passes. Of course, he had Phillip Rivers throwing him the football. And then that production declined the last couple of years because you have Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, Etc. Well, and, and now you now you go back to having an effective quarterback, and for somehow Melvin does not seem to be aging. He seems to be doing the Benjamin Button thing and getting better in terms of per carry as he gets older. So why wouldn't he be really effective in the red zone catching passes from Wilson? And the 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 defenses that were playing the Broncos knew that about Melvin, and they knew that was why the Broncos brought them in, and they also knew that they didn't have to worry about who was throwing the ball. So they were you know packing it in even more and leaning run obviously you get the opportunity to be closer to the line already Mm -hmm. when you're in the red zone but they were leaning run in the first place now they're gonna have to be leaning pass um so i think you could see melvin's 
red zone numbers go up. You could see Javante's red zone numbers go up. Um, and we'll see if that results in Russ not throwing quite as many touchdowns. But regardless, this offense is very likely going to hum. And we are going to be just carried from the depths of despair when it comes to watching the offense of the football team score touchdowns out into the light. I, and I think you guys are selling the not Russ, but the NFL game short a little bit. Last year, seven quarterbacks had more than 35 passing touchdowns. Seven. That so we're we're not really talking elite category with 35 touchdowns. We're, we're talking about really elite really is good. Elite 40. Um yeah, we're talking 35. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm just saying exactly. like, it's pretty close. That's seven other guys did it. I, I How many guys threw 40? Um, two guys threw 40. Okay, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But there's four other guys in the way there. And then in terms of passing yards, uh, you had six other guys, or no, seven other guys, no, six other guys throw for f- more than 4,500 yards. So, wow, 45, that's Was a lot. Was Kirk Cousins among them? Uh, Kirk Cousins was not among those. Kirk Cousins had 4,200 yards. Wow. I thought more than that. Now, Kirk Cousins was one of the few guys that had uh, fewer than seven in, or seven or fewer interceptions. I think that... Found a lot of good that did him. I, I can only speak for myself here. I don't think I'm selling Rush short. I think that I'm trying not to... Like, it's so hard for me to go from 20 touchdowns and 3,000 yards to 40 touchdowns and 4,500 yards. Like, just... It feels like I'm making an insane leap, even though it really you just, isn't. You, you've just been in Denver for, for, for too long, right. uh, watching only one team for the past five or six years do absolutely nothing. The game has changed so much yep. in these past 10 years. And we were right here with Peyton Manning when he was throwing t- you know, 30-something touchdowns. Some people were saying, Peyton, why aren't you throwing 40? Why aren't you throwing 45? Because of the precedent he set. And while it's crazy to expect 55, especially after last year, Tom Brady led the NFL and passing touchdowns at 43. I don't think it's crazy to say in the last, in the next 10 years that Russ is going to get 40 touchdowns at least once. In fact, he's going to do that multiple times. And I think the only thing that might kind of hold back is, is it going to be a little bit bumpy at the start? Peyton Manning, it was a little bit bumpy first few games Tom Brady first couple of games in Tampa Bay three touchdowns three picks and then after that he had eight touchdowns in one pick mm-hmm. in the following two games of course it certainly helped the first of those two games was <coughs> against your Denver Broncos yeah exactly <laughs> and, and, and let's that, look, that was the day that Tom Brady started looking like Tom Brady when he came here and yeah. let's look at that 2012 season for Peyton you said he started off a little rocky and this is Peyton Manning yeah. I, I don't expect Russ to be Peyton Manning but still, his first season, when you said there were there were some struggles. First six, five, well, the first six, five games, yes. No, 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 but yeah, yeah. but. Then but, he figured it out. Like, yes, 68.6% yeah. completion. That was the, that led the NFL. 4,659 passing yards. Again, this is a 16-game season, not even a 17-game season. Uh, 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. How many? Yep. And how many picks did he have, like, in the first the first uh, three games. So he had eleven picks in in the fir- in the in the total season. So yeah, and, and, and in the first th- you said had, I think, three games three against the Falcons in week two, and that was it. How and, that, and he didn't have any against the uh, the 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 Steelers or the uh, nope. His next pick came Texans. in week six. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, again, like we're about to enter a completely different world, mm-hmm. um, and, and I know that we can talk about it. And we've been doing it for weeks and we can tell everyone what it's going to be like. But the feeling that you have when you're when when 
your team gets the ball and you just expect to score and more often than not you do it's just we can't even truly prepare people for the shift that is about to happen and i think that's why this could be the most fun denver broncos season ever potentially because it we're go we're going from the lowest that that fans have been in my lifetime for sure right back to where they belong and you know even when you went from tebow to manning there were people who were even mad about that because tebow was so fun he had just led the team to the playoffs <clears throat> you know you weren't in the darkness and many people felt like the team had a quarterback you know and even before that um it was jay cutler so like with the short Cal Orton period in there I, but but the gap that the Broncos are going to jump this year will be the biggest gap they've ever jumped and it's just going to I think we're going to get one year of true appreciation for what has transpired maybe half a year we'll see before it goes back to a Super Bowl or bust expectations yeah I think I think this season is going to be just like every game in the Tim Tebow era where you started the game and you had so much hope and then midway through the first quarter the Broncos have three total yards and and two punts and you're saying up oh, well here's where we are and then by the end of the game you're so excited again that games aren't gonna go like that okay. but that's that's Ooh. what this season is is this year is going to feel like where it, just a couple of months ago you're sitting with uh, Drew and Teddy Teddy's a free agent and you, you, the Broncos had just missed out on Aaron Rodgers and you're sitting at that low point, just like the very start of a Tim Tebow game. And by the end, you're ecstatic, you're elated. It's so much fun. There's one thing. Uh, you said score on more than half the possessions, right? I said, yeah, you score more often than not. Yes. So last year, the league average was 41% of possessions ending in points. If they score on 50%, they're, going to, they're probably winning the Super Bowl. All right. Unless there we they go. melt down. Let's go. Well, like, what was that, the highest? I I don't have that in front of me. I have the le I have the league average. Like the best on points per possession last year was Kansas City at two point eight points per possession. Okay. So you're. I mean, that's got to be yeah. over fifty percent. Well, maybe not. It's right right, right around. Yeah, probably about four, probably about forty five percent is what you're looking at. But Fair think enough. about what it has been for the Broncos, right? right. I mean, we've been you you looked at game after game where they've had like eleven possessions and they've scored on three of them. How many times have you or done four of them? The tweet that was like, Broncos last eight possessions, punt, 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 fumble, <laughs> yeah, field goal, yeah. punt, punt, punt. And it blew up. Yeah, Imagine of course. when it's touchdown, touchdown, There's, field goal, touchdown. <laughs> there will be a game or like a couple over a couple of games where maybe they close fast one week and they start fast the next where we say the last eight possessions, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt, touchdown, touchdown, punt, field goal. End yeah. of half, end of game, yeah. kneel down. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'll, ha it, it'll happen. There'll be, you know – There'll be those runs. For sure. And, and just... Probably including when they play Carolina, for example. Maybe I'm wish, being wishful here, but I truly think this is going to be like a season of appreciation uh, for coming out of the depths. Now, if I'm being realistic, I'll say that maybe it doesn't last uh, for 17 games. But at least for the first six to eight games of the season, it's going to be... The, the most pleasant Broncos country has ever been, in my opinion, because while the expectations are high, I think that the fans are just going to be so happy that the team is good again. So what we're saying is maybe in that second year, it's going well, but maybe they're playing the Jets at home and it's like 13-13 at halftime 
and that's when we get the boot off the field, like the Peyton Manning, yes. the offense boot off the field yes. against Jacksonville at halftime. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, give it a year, and then it, right. then everyone's like, oh, and then and then we'll all be saying, did they actually boo Russell Wilson? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I History mean, has a way of repeating itself. I don't. Uh, I'm not unrealistic in the sense that I think Broncos fans will just be happy to be here for long. Uh, but, but this year, yes, the, it, uh, it, there is a the honeymoon is probably one season. And they might get too good too. We'll see the schedule this week. They might be too good too fast to where everyone's like, okay, Super Bowl or bust now. You know, if they start four and zero. Yeah. Um. So, but I I very much look forward to that window we're going to get where people are just so happy and relieved that the Broncos are back. And we had someone in the comment section earlier saying, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself celebrating three touchdowns in a game almost every single week. And that's exactly it. It's going to be a ton of fun uh, with some expectations, but I agree. I don't think that Super Bowl or bust expectation starts until next year. And if you're tuning in on YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up. We would really appreciate it. Also subscribe, turn on alerts. We're going to be doing a couple different shows uh, at times this week. So make sure that you're subscribed and have those alerts on so you know when we're going live. If you're tuning in on Twitter, hop over to YouTube. The comment section's more lit. The stream is better, and it's better for us. We'd really appreciate it if you did that and hit us with a thumbs up. And, and the best part of all this is no one can say that Broncos fans don't deserve this. There was never a moment of bandwagoning where I saw people jumping ship, giving up on the team, bailing over the last five, six years. Every single, you know, Every single week, people were intrigued. They were interested. They wanted to know. I can, you know, I can obviously speak from our experience in terms of numbers. Um, even when the Broncos were bad, bad, people still came and listened to our show. Uh, and so that's the other thing. It's like this fan base absolutely deserves this thing, this period that I'm talking about where everyone just gets to celebrate the Broncos being back. <laughs> yes, and it is going to be a blast. And over at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can have a blast by downloading the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. And also, they're just handing out free money over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They will give you $150 in free bets if you bet on any Moneyline NBA game. That's all you have to do. Bet $5, and you will win $150 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can use that on the Avs tonight. You can use that on the Avs Futures, which Avs Futures is coming down quite a bit when they started at DraftKings right around plus 300. And also, right now, they're giving all customers a chance to place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So put put a, put a same-game parlay in, and if it doesn't win, you still get your $25 back over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And guys, should we hop into our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now? Abs minus one and a half. Ah, yes, of course you, you're uh, taking that. Three games so far, of course. Two blowouts, one close one. Uh, and I think we get another blowout tonight. Um, I think... My feeling, and this is the way I felt about last game, was like if the Avs just come out and and play like the Avs, mm -hmm. the Preds are going to just get punched in the mouth and kind of lay down and die. Uh, and last game, they actually fought a little harder than I thought they would. This game, you can take their soul very early, um, especially if they get a late arriving crowd again or a not arriving crowd. What was that? By the way, 
Yeah. I love Nashville as a yeah. city. It's really dope. I'm sorry uh, for all the Nashville Broncos fans. Uh, a, a couple have tweeted at me. They're like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to have to unfollow <laughs> I do love Nashville, but I also, the, the heat of the playoff series, you know, brings out the, uh, the pettiness in me. Anyways. Um, it's I, a reminder of how many fans out there in terms of Denver sports are only fans of the Broncos. Oh, for sure. And have right. other loyalties. All over One of the spectrum. hardest things for me to accept, way too many Broncos Lakers fans. Just way too many. But you understand, right? They didn't have a football team in L.A. for 20 years. I understand. Every, it's just hard e- for me to swallow. Every mar- every sports market has a lot of fans like that that are Lakers fans and Bucks fans and Lakers fans yep. and Cowboys fans. Lakers fans Ooh, and Niners That's a bad fans. one. Actually, no, because <clears throat> the, the Cowboys have long had a, a strong fan base in Southern California because – for many, many years, they've had at least part of their training camp in Ventura County. I'm just saying that's yeah. a, just a horrible combination. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's... <laughs> yes, look deep, I get it. There's I get a re- it. I get there are reasons why this exists, even though it may sound crazy. Yes. And besides, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're kind of diehard because what have they done in the last 25 years? <sighs> had a strong brand. But they're really good at that. Yeah, but strong brand is winning. I know, I know. I mean, I know. What, would you rather have a strong brand or would you rather go to the conference championship at least once in a quarter century? Which yes, they of haven't course, done. I'll take It's amazing. That. Anyways, um, what were we talking about? Oh, abs minus one and a half. Yes. Go yeah. out there, hit them quick, bury them. They will give up. Yep, and that's exactly what you can do when, when you're up 3-0, especially uh, on the road. The team is is going to just fall apart. And then take a take a week off, maybe even a little over a week off. I wouldn't be shocked if there are some Preds who have some tea times already lined up. Mm, maybe. You think they might try to sell some scores tonight, though? That's the only thing when you get into a, a fourth game and it's 3 nothing, and you know it's – and the team that's losing knows it's out of reach. Do they try to – get a little bit chippy, a little bit indiscriminate. Yeah, in everyone time. is a little worried about that, and I get it. I mean, the thing ha- is, like... It, because it happens often. The Avs are rarely a team that starts it. You know what I mean? It's not like the Preds have anything to settle up with. Really, it would be the Avs who have things to settle up with in terms of, like, taking shots at guys. Like, the Avs mm-hmm. just skate around you and put the puck in the net. They're not really out there trying to, like, take anyone down. And I'm going for my D- DraftKings pick of the week today. I am going with the AFC West to be the winning division out of the AFC. So the AFC West is going to win the AFC. Meaning the win someone from the AFC West will be in the Super Bowl. Yep, exactly. And that is plus 130. By midseason or come playoffs, that's going to be in the minus territory because everyone's going to see, okay, the AFC West is as good as we thought it was. So uh, I really like that because that could also be a Broncos bet. Yeah, I'll have to give credit to someone who I don't like to give credit to, but this is, you know, uh, good on me. Good on me. Pat okay. me on the back for yeah. giving credit to someone I don't want to give credit to. Colin Cowherd, um, wow. credit to me, uh, says, um, oh, people say that the AFC West is going to beat each other up in the regular season. And then he said, does, does the winner of the SEC not always go to the national championship game? Yeah. Meaning, sure, it's going to be tougher, but it's the old iron sharpens iron thing. I like this from you. The Bron- whatever team, all the AFC West teams that make the playoffs will be extremely battle tested. Mm-hmm. They'll have played quality playoff style opponents at least six times and then more likely going into the playoffs. So, yes, of course, the AFC is going to cannibalize and beat itself up a little bit, AFC West. But I do like the idea that 
whoever comes out of there is going to be very ready for what this is going to look like. Two flaws in that argument that he makes, especially the SEC comparison. Number one. Different sport? Well, it's basically different. <laughs> yeah. There's three. First of all, you've got three weeks to heal up. Three plus, three plus weeks, actually, to heal up for between sure. the SEC championship and by the time you get to the college football playoff. The other thing is you're in an environment where the SEC schools simply have more talent. There's not it, the NFL has more parity. So I'm not saying it's a bad bet to bet on the AFC West. I think there's some logic there, and now might be the time to get in. I just think Colin that Cowherd's reasoning is flawed. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, as, as it, it is, is on pretty much everything that comes out of his mouth. Yes. Except, wouldn't I mean, isn't the reason the AFC West is viewed as one of the most talented divisions or one of the best divisions in NFL history right now is simply because it's more talented? Now, I know the gap isn't mm. as big. Uh, as Ryan, I'm sorry, but the SEC and the Pac-12, it's it's probably no, not as big it's not even uh, as, it, uh, yeah. of a gap between the AFC West and the AFC North. But Hell, it's the, a huge gap between the SEC and the Big Ten. But, right sure. now. but the the <laughs> AFC West, that's why they're viewed as so good, is because the the talent, at least on paper, is there. Well, the other thing is also it's it's top to bottom, and there's only four teams. I mean, even in, in even the SEC has your Vanderbilts and. You know, mm-hmm. Mizzou is you know kind of shaky in talent right yep. now. You, you, you've, you've got some, you've got you've got some room to breathe. In AFC West play, there isn't going to be top to bottom one through four. There's it's there's not going to be any let up. And actually, a team like like Kansas City, for example, with a first place schedule, really doesn't have any let up because you know where Denver gets a trip to Carolina, Kansas City gets a trip to Tampa. Yep, and that's that's one of the reasons why maybe the Chiefs take a step back in the standings this year a lot of people in the comments chiming in with their sports combos like oh i'm a broncos and golden knights yeah i saw broncos in nebraska it's okay i love you all okay except you i love you all (laughs) credit to me i've matured um yeah impressive i i i I, it took a while western nebraska was an area in which i had to mature in my life western nebraska is very clearly broncos country Oh yes, yeah. and yes, I I get it. But they, they bleed red on Saturday and orange on Sunday. I actually saw Jacob, who was in the comments in my mentions this weekend about CU Nebraska because I took a shot, and that's okay. That's the fun of this. That's there what rivalries go. are about. Well, it's something that can bring us all together. Russell Wilson, Sierra, and their family got a puppy, named it. Wait, hold on. I want to guess. Okay. I'll give you a massive hint if you can't get it. Mace, you want no, to no, guess? No, no. Rocky. Okay. Did he use the same name as uh, Tim Tebow used? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, he did. Bronco. We got another Bronco puppy in Denver. <sighs> we got. A, we could be a little more creative <laughs> than that. What about, like, even Miles would have been better. Or Thunder or something? Thunder. Oh, Thunder's kind of a badass name for a dog. Or do we want to yeah. give, like, a person kind of name? Like, do we go into, into Bronco's history? Like, I mean. John Elway's the dog's name. The, name Elway. Floyd. I mean, we start kind of. Floyd. I kind of like that one too. See, yeah, I'm not against it. Great job, Russ. (laughs) This is good stuff. Everyone's going to love it. I just feel like we could have had, like, if you wanted to, you could have called me up. We could have a great brainstorm. (laughs) Um, At water. At water, the puppy. Like, um, my my buddy, uh, Dan Fellman, uh, he reached out to me and he was like, hey, I I just got a new puppy. I want it to be a Nuggets name. Uh, and so, you know, we went back and forth, the came up with a bunch. And in the end, it was actually a name that I think he and his daughter came up with, which was Mala, because it's a girl mm. for Jamal, mm, which I is like great. It. Like, see, it's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, you give it a nod right. without it just being so obvious. <laughs> yep, yep. I like well, it. Mace, did you give your DraftKings pick of the week? 
Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was actually going to say if the puppy's a little husky, do you name it after Fat Lever? Oh. You just call it Fat? I like that. <laughs> kind of cruel. <laughs> if the puppy was a little husky, you could just call it Russ. Oh, because oh. it's a husky. Because <laughs> he's thick. He's yeah. a thick boy now. I was thinking he came from Washington, oh, no. which is the Huskies. No, he came from Wisconsin, which yeah. is the Badgers. Well, no, he came from Washington, oh, the state. Washington oh. state. Yeah, That would have been a very layered. Yeah, no, I was just saying that been. he's looking thick out there. He, he really is looking thick in a good way. I'm all, I'm all for it. Way. I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, he's got some like he's got a little dad bod going. That's okay. Oh man, I don't know. It's a jack dad bod, if so. I mean, the arms are jacked for sure. Mm-hmm. You think he's got a little pooch? A little bit. Is that the dog's new name? I'm pooch? in on it though. Like, <laughs> this is not a shot. I am fully in support of dad bod Russ. It's not a dad bod. It's not a dad bod. <laughs> I think Peyton had a little dad bod until after he retired, and we saw those beach photos come out, and he yeah. had a six pack going he, on. Yeah, he had a lot more time to just hit the gym. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we were going to go with a college mascot, you'd name him Bucky or Tuffy for Russ. Yeah, Bronco. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Bronco. Like, it actually rolls off the tongue as a name. Actually, because Bucky is the name of the horse on top of the scoreboard in the South Stands, right? And Bucky is the name of the Wisconsin Badgers mascot. Yes. So that's, if you wanted, like, the ultimate Russ crossover, you'd name your pet Bucky. What's the name of the uh, NC State? Tuffy. Tuffy is the live wolf mascot that they. That's a worse name than Bronco it by is. far. Yes. Also, yeah, Russ. Can't, you can't do that. The Yankees' outfits are redeemed. Oh, they're forgiven because of Bronco. Because of Bronco. Okay, there we go. And, yeah, it's uh, better than naming his puppy Yankee. So the live mascot's Tuffy, and the uh, kind of the mascot that just walks around. They have a male and a female version, Mister and Mrs. Wolf. W U F. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jose and Cody in the comments. Not a fan of male form corner. As they call it on the Nuggets show. <laughs> uh, also, right. dog names Henry has Tebow. Yep, there we go. The thing is, you're stuck with a dog. Like, when you name your dog Tebow, you're stuck with that for a long time after the uh, bloom is off the rose. Yes, but Tebow <laughs> is an okay epic dog. And, mm-hmm. like, no one has bad memories of Tim Tebow. No, not at all. At least not me. I don't either. Oh, I've got some memories of some really boring ass games that he played in. <laughs> I, the further we get away, the more I only remember the good times. Yeah, uh, the only the boring was worth the fun. Yeah, I, I'll make that trade. Yeah. So, like the Miami game, the comeback, I was nearly falling asleep in the press box, literally in the fourth quarter. Early in the fourth quarter, when it was fifteen nothing. I've only almost it fallen asleep in all... the press box once, and it was yeah. at the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of the Hall of Fame game, you can bet on the Hall of Fame game. Yes, you can. So, uh, You're gonna... Raiders Jaguars. What the <laughs> wow. hell? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, Jaguars. One point underdog. Jaguars win the Hall of Fame game. Wow. There we go. That's there okay. we go. Get your bets August, in now. August fourth. Get ready. That is. Deep you can right now. You there. can bet on regular season games as well. Yep. Because the ones that are set, the Broncos are a six and a half point favorite on the Jaguars in London. The Bucks. Uh, a couple weeks later in Munich, are a nine-point favorite on the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Take By the way, did, did you see the nugget in Peter King's column today? He pointed out that based on the time change, that Seattle's team plane will land back at Seattle-Tacoma Airport before midnight on the day they play in Munich because the game starts so early and it's a 10-hour flight, and then there's a time change. Wow. But they'll yeah. land at 11.35 p.m. Pacific time. But, of course, 
that also at that at that point in the year, I be, I believe uh, Seattle is nine hours behind Germany. Mm. So that's why. That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle's uh, gonna be kicking off that game at six thirty a.m. Seattle time. Yeah. You Broncos think it's is seven thirty a.m. Yeah. yeah. Um, up or down? Broncos minus six and a half by game time. It is going to be up. So minus seven or more. Yep. Mace. Slightly down. I th- I th- like about five and a half because I think the Jags are gonna be better than people think. Didn't you predict them to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, I did not predict them to win the Super Bowl. I said they'll make the playoffs, and oh, yeah. I just think the Broncos are going to be rolling. I think you said plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl is yes, worth yes, a sprinkle. Yes, exactly. Worth the dollar. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then I think we had a pizza bet on that, on uh, them making the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yep, exactly. So yep. that's what? That's what? Week eight, right? Yep. And we presume week that they're... Week nine, Wait, I thought. Is it week eight? Okay. 30, let's see, 30, 23, 16... Nine, two, and then twenty-five. Yep, yeah. So it's week eight. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. First of all, both you can request to have your buy after a European game. Which the Broncos should, should request should. absolutely yeah. should request that, and so and so I I imagine the Jags might request that as well. Would it surprise me if the Jaguars are three and four going into that game? No, not really. Yeah, I think okay. I'm gonna go. They're, they're gonna be competitive this year. I'm gonna go. It goes up goes up yep. i would say it finishes at eight and a half there we go okay. um by the way our pizza bet just so it's straight if the jags make playoffs i win yes. if they have a top 10 pick you win anyway uh, fair yeah, fair yeah. i still feel really good about that should we hop into the comment section and talk to the people let's do it we got one a super chat first coming in from jacob he says as a suffering broncos fan i'm still waiting for something bad to happen at the back of my head i think something is gonna go wrong but i'm pumped with jacob the, the broncos have been been here before it's not like they haven't had success ever yeah you, you've I, had a lot of good things happen so i, I th- there's no like curse that you have to worry i'm not detroit or right. just like the nuggets yeah. You know, like if you're a Nuggets fan, you just expect bad things to happen. Yeah. Um, or if you're a Rockies fan or whoever, you know, like I'm actually the exact opposite with the Broncos. I had this thought this morning. So it was just like having coffee. I was like, the Broncos, when they're good, are just always really good. Right. <laughs> like there's so few times where they were supposed to be good and like over underachieved, at least in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can go through it. Like, the the biggest underachievements were, of course, the loss to the Ravens, the loss to um, the Colts that the in what was that 2014, yeah. and then of course uh, the loss to the Jags. But all of those were playoff disappointments. You would have to go back to to the Elway days in terms of regular season disappointments. Yeah. Probably 1990 when they went five and eleven. I was gonna say right. never in my life. Coming I don't off, think coming yeah. off of the I Super agree. Bowl. Yeah. But, right. That that was a case where they'd been to the Super Bowl three times in four years. They'd lost those three Super Bowls by blowouts, and it just seemed like that was a Bronco team that kind of capitulated a little bit when the going got tough. They had they had some injuries, and it just it seemed like kind of a, a tired team in need of a bit of a reset. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's lost, hit these. lost a lot of close games too that year as well. Let's hit these comments. Zach, you want to get us started? First one from LDJ says, "Geez, guys, I feel so bad. You keep letting Zach kill these drafts, and it's almost like he's <laughs> cheating. Come on, Mason RK, you gotta win some of these. Yeah, really quick. Uh, I was accused of, of no, cheating it. You did on Friday, so <laughs> we put another one out, 
and I won pretty much by just as much. Um, it doesn't it's actually, matter. there's something called anchor bias. Mm. So once people had voted for you in the first one, um, they were automatically um, biased to vote for you again in the second poll. I don't think um, so. So I, both I, polls completely scratched from the record, according to the committee. It wasn't even close. 77% for me. Honestly, <laughs> like I said from the start, it wasn't that one of all of our drafts ever. That one was the least about winning. It was more about having your guys when the season comes around. That's what a loser says when they've lost. This wasn't about winning. It wasn't. It was about. It was about being <laughs> able to say, "That's I, my guy." This I season. thought it was about like our my guy. I yes, thought, it was. I didn't think it was about appealing to the masses. It's like um, yeah. Zach is saying, like, yeah, like uh, I like the Beatles and Michael Jackson. <laughs> you too. And, yeah, and mm. we're like, yeah, those guys are those guys are good too. But there's no indie cred there. Not my. When when you're told there's a draft after. You're supposed to you're supposed to do the right things. No, you're supposed <laughs> to just get your guys. LDJ goes on and says, anyways, I got a question. Uh, the criticism that the Broncos are getting for possibly finish third or fourth in their division and missing the playoffs is a horrendous excuse. People are speaking <laughs> to so one. Cool. This is LDJ in his mm, bag right now. One, the Broncos wide receiver core being a projection not proven. Two, Russ having growing pains in a new offense. Three, the defense wasn't as good as it seems, according to DVOA and Fangio is gone. All these points may be fair. However, isn't Derek Carr in a new offense with McDaniels? Isn't the Chiefs' offense a projection? Mahomes is amazing, but other than Kelsey, they've got a whole new line of weapons and a bunch of rookies on offense and defense that are projected to help the Chiefs instantly win the AFC West. And the Chargers got a little better, but in, but instant that but that defense is still a projection we improved with demarcus ware and tj warden and keep to in one season but dear god the chargers built almost an entire defense via free agency and that doesn't tend to work well but buying a defense it typically doesn't work well buying a defense in free agency so my question is of all of these teams are projections who is the best projection to live up to that pro- or position to live up to that projection considering coaching and roster talent thanks the, the, the chargers the chargers drafted joey bosa and derwin james right yeah. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Why? Because I I don't think that it's a defense that's been supplemented in free agency, but not built in free agency. That's I fair. disagree with LDJ's point there. Um, the <laughs> team that is most most uh, in the best position to live up the protection is the Chiefs because they have the best coach, the best quarterback, and they Neither have of those changed right, and they have been there the most. Yeah. So <laughs> that that doesn't mean anything who's in the best position to live up to their projection, but it would only be fair to say they are. The, the Chiefs are in the best position to win in week one two, through four, uh, I think, even though they started slow last year. And I think my pushback, uh, and I agree with you, LDJ, my pushback to national people saying the Broncos are, are going to have some growing pains, yeah, they may, but it's going to be the first, what, four or five weeks of the season, and they're not going to be... 0-4, 0-5, Russ has one touchdown and 10 picks. It's still going to be mild. But then we saw, as we talked about earlier, Peyton Manning exploded. Russ can still have a great season, even with some growing pains at the start. Yeah, I'll just point to the Rams and the Bucks. Yeah. Back-to-back yeah. Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Both had a brand-new quarterback to start the year. You know, uh, new offenses, all that stuff. I guess not as much for the Rams, but I would say that Bruce Arians changed his offense pretty drastically when Tom Brady got he there. He did, and again, like it was a little bit awkward. They had a bad week one yep. that to, to start off, and then they, they found their footing. Now, one thing that did help the Bucks was a postseason without home field advantage for their opponents, really, because of the COVID <laughs> year. Like, I don't know if it turns out the same for the Bucks if there are 
70,000 people in the Superdome. Probably in the divisional not. round yeah. Yeah. for what was Drew Brees' last game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the you know the bubble will always right. have its own interesting, or I guess the COVID year wasn't no really a bubble. No sports market benefited more from the bubble than Tampa Bay. Mace, don't don't downplay your teams like that. They they would no, have done. They hey they will, <laughs> I I appreciate that, but I'm a realist about it. Like the mm. the Rays the point. Rays went to the World Series. The Bucks won it all. The Lightning won it all. I mean, mm. you, inarguably no. No market did no teams no markets teams did better in the bubble than Tampa Bay. There you go. Which you can argue maybe is that their home ice home field advantage wasn't all that great. Mm, that's a good good point. Squeaky bum time says, "Hey fellas, loving the show. Just want to say thank you for all you do. Helps me get through my day. Uh, y'all left some talent off the board, and he'll take them for his draft. He's going Chubb, Baron Browning, Alberto, Calvin, Anderson, Mathis, Washington. Great job as always. Cheers and Squeaky bum time. That's good that you feel good about putting together a team with undrafted guys. That team would have got last place. Yeah, um, yes." <laughs> Ozzy Dan says, G'day, boys. Counting down the day self schedule release. Never been so invested in this day with a trip to the USA coming in September. Call me crazy. But I'm hoping we get an easier type game like Houston uh, than a tougher team like KC as I really want my family to experience a win as, as opposed to a close potential heartbreaking loss. Also, fingers crossed we get an away game against the Rams, Chargers, or Raiders early so we can get an away game in as well. Quick questions for you. How does Dolchich compare to Fant? To me, it seems like their skill set is quite identical, but with Dulcich on a much, much cheaper deal. Your thoughts? Uh, no offense, a, a better athlete uh, than Dulcich and uh, bigger, stronger, and faster. Exactly. So, yeah, there you go. But however, Dulcich as a receiver, he he's probably a better just receiver, receiver yeah. than Noah Fant. We know that Noah, especially early in his career, had some had some issues tracking the ball. Yep. Yeah, Dulcich doesn't have tracking ball tracking issues. Definitely right, not. That's right. Right, exactly. Next one coming in from Beham Bronco. Happy Monday, Kings. I'll share my Wilson trade story. I was working at a large job site in Atlanta, buried in an AV track when the Rodgers news came down. My site lead was a huge Packers fan, so he had been talking throughout the offseason about it. He screenshotted the headline and sent me, sent it to me, apparently at the front of the rack a few minutes later to give me a hard time about the hapless Broncos. A few hours later, stuck in the same rack, I saw the notification come through on my watch. I literally could not believe my eyes. I ran to Twitter and verified that my eyes were not deceiving me. The Broncos had traded for a Hall of Fame quarterback. I proceeded to screenshot the trade and send it right back to my site lead. After I got no response, I walked over to him and told him to check his phone, raising my fists in the air as he read aloud the joyous news. Thanks for all you guys do. I can't wait to see how this draft will bolster one of the most already solid rosters in the league. So it was a good day for both of you. That's epic. I wish someone would have tried to dunk on me after the Aaron Rodgers news came down. Oh, so then you could turn around an hour and a half later. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that that was a. Uh, I'll I'll never forget the feeling I had when I saw that tweet, which is like the first thing is I have to verify. You know, you gotta like, oh, right, check. Right. but like as soon as that goes away, it was just that's a that's a life 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 remember. You'll you, remember that forever. You making sure that Adam is A D A M, not N. That's literally before because I didn't <laughs> want to be the person who says something. Right, right. Like it happened on the draft, right? Um someone tweeted oh, out right. that the Broncos had traded up and so then I said it on the show mm. and then it was wrong. Um that person deleted the tweet. And then, like, it was on me because I had passed, you know, I, I became guilty by association. Right, right. Um, so, I, like, I 
was just saying, holy F, holy F. And everyone's like, what? And I'm like, I don't want to be the person who says this. So let me verify before I tell you guys what I just saw. <laughs> I love it. And I think we have time for one more question coming in from Virginia Beach Bronco. It says, good morning, boys. Since David, my 14-year-old son, half of Virginia Beach Bronco, and I have been listening since the BSN days, we've gotten a graduate education on football. Thank you. Thank you for rolling with us. One question and two quick comments. One, on the trade value of players, as we understand how the Jerry Judy argument goes, his value is lower now than after it should be with playing with Russell. So the team should wait to trade him until the end of the season. Or the trade deadline. Right. Since we also think Russell will be elevating everyone's play, including the defense playing from ahead, wouldn't the same mentality apply to nearly everyone unless we're super deep at a position or have salary cap concerns? This is the argument for tag and trade on Brown. Bradley Chubb, if he has a really good year, but you say, okay, the injury risk isn't worth it going forward to give him a long-term deal, but someone else might. This is, this is precisely the argument for doing that. Right. It makes sense. And yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, it would be unlikely to trade Jerry Judy for picks at the trade deadline if everything was going really well. But let's say you have a hole at another position that you really want to fill. Maybe it's a player for player, the rare player for player trade. Yep, exactly. And yeah. so really when, when we talk about trading guys before the season, mm-hmm. we're talking about guys that are very back end of the roster or may not even make the roster for a sixth or seventh pick. Also, let me just finish by saying I'm not advocating for trading Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Just, no. uh, but it's, it's, it's definitely out there in the ether. It's being, spo- it it's being talked about. It, it is. is. And, it, and if you wait until next off season, let's say their value, the value on any guy you trade is higher then you probably look at the draft pick you capital, you get in return and say, well, this is going to be the replacement. We trade somebody player X for a second round pick. His replacement's going to probably be from that second round pick. His second part, really quick, he says, I'm scheduled to be deployed as a professor to a U.S. military base in Germany from September to November. So, if at all possible, I'll be there with you in London. When you hear about when and how to get tickets, could you please pass that along? Mm -hmm. Tickets for that game will be released, I believe, in the middle of June. And I think it's going to be a Mm -hmm. separate ticket release than the rest of the schedule. So, you haven't missed it, but stay tuned in about a month. Yeah, Jaguar season ticket holders have actually have first First dibs, yep. Uh, so, hate that a home game for them. And then Mace, last one's for you. Oh. Badgers, we don't need no stinking Badgers. <laughs> That's another reference from UHF, ah. the Weird Al Yankovic cinematic opus of 1989. What does UHF stand for? Ultra high frequency. Like you know how like on the TV channels before di- before digital, like two through thirteen were VHF. Okay. And then I did not know channels this. beyond yeah. that were UHF. And so like that's why like cha- you have channel. Four, channel seven, channel nine. Well, and then channel thirty-one kind of comes along later. Thirty-one was a UHF. We need, we need four Badgers: Russ, Melvin, Fayon, and Henning. Tyler Henningson. Matt. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> there was a Buffs uh, player for the Buffs named Tyler Hennington. So okay, that's in my head every time I hear Matt Henningson. <laughs> I'm just think, just thinking: Are there any uh, veterans kicking around the league that the Broncos could use to? bring in free agency at some point maybe maybe Hmm. all right unfortunately you can't get tj watt sorry unfortunately (laughs) that's all the time we have we missed a couple comments so if you guys want us to get those tomorrow we will um we got a tight schedule today but appreciate you guys bearing with us appreciate you guys riding the entire show see you guys down here for avs game four tonight bring your brooms we'll talk to you later
I'll take you back one last time.